Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you once again to go through all of the action in the British Basketball League this week. And uh, it was a full week. It's a bit like last season with all these midweek games going on. Um, so let's go all the way back to uh, Tuesday night where Manchester Giants mm -hmm. beat uh, Sheffield Sharks 89-77 uh, in the Cup. And Dan Clark was dressed uh, for this game, but he didn't play at all. I thought there was some interesting rotations in the, in the first quarter of this game because Oscar Baldwin came on quite early. Yeah, Nate Montgomery I, I came didn't... on early. Jones came on early for Manchester. Yeah, you just triggered my memory now because I was a total blank there. <laughs> <laughs> you said that. Yeah, um, it was kind. Yeah, um, I was just going to say um, this week has tested my podcast professionalism if I ever had any at all. <laughs> Um, because you know, I'm not saying that players have been going through the motions or coaches have been going through the motions because everything's part of the, the grand tapestry of the season for them. Yeah. But um, there's been times where they could have appeared to be more concerned about the results of basketball games um, than there has been some games this week. And I think this yeah. was one of them yeah. because you know both teams were qualified. Um, coaches have benches; they have to keep their squad happy they have to give them the opportunity to prove that they can or quite often can't do it so the players can't turn around at them and complain mm. and um i think ultimately manchester are a little bit deeper than sheffield and that's probably why manchester won this game because Sheff because atiba played as you say played uh, montgomery took out nichols for took out kipper nichols mm. for uh, a long period of time uh, and um and baldwin played a little bit as well and it's very hard for those guys when they do come in um, because they haven't played. So, you know, the reason that you haven't played is because you, you're struggling to crack the rotation. Expecting someone then to come in and be a, you know, a, a net positive contributor immediately is a, is a lot when you're in those circumstances. Manchester are a little bit different. They're a bit deeper because they, they've legitimately got 11 or 12 guys who have, you know, BBL level experience. Mm. And the game went back and forwards. They played without Dan Clark and I remember thinking within the, within the kind of the first half of the game that just the team that just keeps going the longest is going to win. Mm, yeah, and, and really it was that it was um, the start and the end of the third quarter. Giants they were behind at halftime by six. They had a nine zero run. Anderson had five of them to go uh, in front, and then they had uh, basically the last eleven points of the of the third quarter, uh, mm. and they were uh, and, and, and sorry. End of the third, beginning of the fourth, they had an 11 0 run. Uh, and they were 11 up. And... Yeah. That last run was against the bench. Yeah. The bench. And as I say, you know, um, guys like Lewis and Artisan and, and Hudson, you know, are now well, they're experienced pros or experienced mm. basketball players. And that's probably something that Sheffield didn't have coming off the bench. And to be fair, if, if Atiba had been overly troubled by the result of that basketball game he wouldn't have run those rotations mm. you know it, but but sometimes you got you got to learn about your team and what better to way to what better way to learn about your team than in a game where ultimately um the result is not indicative of any success you're going to have in this no. season uh, and, and the way way it pans out is sort of like Leicester or London whether you finish third or fourth it, it there's not it's well you can't predict it, it could be yeah, either exactly. yeah, so it could, what's the point it could be either yeah <laughs> Um, 
Kipper Nichols did get it back uh, to four with a with a with a couple of uh, a couple of minutes to play, uh, but McKnight um, finished the game well. He, uh, he had the last eight points, really controlled it, and and, and saw Giants home comfortably. Yeah, I've got a bit more to say about Manchester, which I'll save mm. for the Friday night game because I was actually there and I have more memory yeah. of it. Um, but yes, they they, they um they, they have a good rhythm about them and they seem to know where the ball needs to go at the right time at the moment. Have you got your klaxon ready? Who for? Well, I've got I've got a random stat for you. That, oh, well, that, like, yeah. well, you can't be getting it. Yeah. You can't be getting it in the first game of the week. Well, this is where it comes. I can't I can't control oh, well, okay, right. it. 20, 21 scorers in this game, and that has only happened Ooh. seventeen times in the last three thousand one hundred and thirty-five games. Claxon worthy. Yeah, it Claxon is Claxon worthy. worthy. Let's move on to Wednesday night. Seventeen uh, out of three thousand and one. Yeah. Point zero zero. Right. Okay. The uh, Plymouth City Patriots. Uh, half the time there aren't twenty-one players on the. Uh, well, that's on the, the other thing. Yeah. That, thing. I mean, how long? How, how many of those games were with the twelve-man benches allowed? I, you know. I, well, the thing. Are we I didn't, the I didn't check side? all of that. We well, get uh, into well, detail yeah, there. Yeah, uh, that's you know. Wednesday night, Plymouth City Patriots 69, Bristol Flyers uh, 82. Uh, LVC Dusha back in the lineup for uh, Plymouth, which is obviously a, a massive plus. He's still got to work his way back into yeah. full fitness, but it's still a massive plus for, for them. And um, uh, uh, this was an interesting one because I didn't watch it till yesterday, but I'd spoke to Roe on, on Friday and he basically in two lines summed up the whole game. I thought, well, that's not going to help me for Sunday <laughs> night breakdown. But I watched it back anyway. Basically, Plymouth sitting in a, in a, in a big zone and, and Flyers mm -hmm. missing everything uh, from the three-point line keeps the score low and that's 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 how the Patriots are going to win games, isn't it? Yeah, well, to be fair, to, you know, to be fair to PG, he hasn't, sat, he hasn't just sat back and, and thrown his hands in the air and said, well, tough, we can't win, it's not my fault. And there are some mm -hmm. coaches, in, 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 you know, who I could imagine, you know, would in the, in the previous history of the BBL, you know, would do that. They'd be looking and pointing fingers at the owners or pointing fingers at the club and going out in the press and saying, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he didn't. And what he did put together was a game plan. And, mm. and it, it, yeah, probably the, the game, the best game plan that was suited to them. Um, and they executed it pretty well. Mm. Um, I think Bristol missed 23 consecutive threes in the game. They, they made the first one. The, yeah, the start I've... Like the stat I've got for them through the first three quarters, they were one of 21. And in the fourth quarter, they were six of eight. Yeah, they made a few in the fourth. And um, I think they made the first one in the game. Jacob made the first one in the game off a, off a pump fake. Um, so they missed a ton in a row. Uh, it helped, it helped Plymouth because basically they were able to know that they had a defensive structure there just to run back into. So they didn't get much away in transition. It also hurt them a little bit because you don't really get cheap points out of a zone. If you're defending in a zone, you're sitting there. It's very difficult to run out of a zone unless you can turn the team over. And they're not really, they haven't really got, it's not like it's the biggest zone in the world that they were sitting in. You know, they've got yeah. a guy, you know, Adekunle is 6'9", but nobody else probably over 6'6". Six, six. Uh, you know, and Carpenter and Dusha aren't going to scare people at the top of the zone and mm. throwing bad passes. Um, but it kept them close. And ultimately, they just, again... Um, just didn't quite have enough offense, and yeah. you know, and Bristol did not. Bristol played that basketball game like they were coming in against a team that had lost by forty and lost by sixty, and they thought they were going to walk into the gym and win. 
Um, and they weren't, they, they, you could see their focus wasn't quite there. They've got a, a, um, an interesting thing going on with their rotation because I think in this game, Evans and um, Miller and Jacob all started. And um, that didn't happen subsequently in the other game this weekend. And then they've got all, all the kind of the big guys who are going back and forward. And Evans basically had a BBL rookie game mm. coming off seven threes at London or whatever he was at London. When yeah, he, yeah. This. he had a BBL rookie game. He, he had cheap fouls. He couldn't make a shot. He couldn't make a decision. Just nothing went for him. And um, it's always difficult winning those games, particularly at Plymouth, because I've been at Plymouth where we've missed 23s in a row as well. It's, mm. it's a weird, Jim. Um, you can make a lot or you can miss a lot. And um, the test for the coach, the test for the coach is how long do you keep him in? Mm. You know, he's your best shooter. They're sitting in the zone for 40 minutes. He's totally out of sync, but we kind of need him, you know? Mm. So you got to keep him in. Um, and that then can kind of um, snowball to the rest of the team. But they just had a bit more transition, ultimately a little bit more athleticism. And when they made, and when they started making shots, the game was over. And that's Privet's problem is that, you know, if they're going to have to rely on a team shooting two or 27 from three to, to, to be close at the end, mm. um, they're going to struggle to win many games with the roster that they've got. Yeah. Um, if they can, you know, if, you, if a team shooting two or 27, you, you should be winning the game yeah. relatively comfortably because um, it's not going to happen very often. But that said, um, you know, I thought they, they competed, they hustled, they got back. You know, it sounds a little bit kind of patronising saying that because yeah. they're all pro players. They just ultimately um, struggled to make enough open shots to yeah. get the shots for their shooters. Fourth quarter, shooters. Joe Hart. Joe Hart made... Oh, uh, he had 22 or 25 made, I think he made four, uh, four in the fourth quarter. He was six of nine overall, 22, 22 points. But as you say, 69, just not quite enough when they... when when. Um, Bristol make six threes in the fourth quarter. Also, the thing with you know, with that is that I got the impression I had the impression in that game that uh, I do with Plymouth a little bit that it has to be one guy. Yeah. That, that one guy is getting if one guy gets going, that's fine. But then who's going to be the second guy? In that yeah. game with Joe Hart, we've had games this year where it's been Ubiaro, but it doesn't necessarily flow over to where yeah. somebody else gets going and somebody else gets going because they end up having to look for that guy all the time, and it's a lot to put on a put on a player, particularly a shooter. To um to to kind of shoot a team into a game when you're playing against three or four solid Americans. Yeah. So let's uh, turn our attentions to the European action on uh, on Wednesday, and um, we'll we'll look at the the women's game uh, first. They were playing uh, Zabini Bruno of uh, the Czech Republic, um, and uh, the Lions were beaten uh, 74-82. Holly Winterburn was back uh, for them. Uh, I mean, this was this was one of the games where they got down 10 early on. They had a few comebacks here and there, and then it would go back to 10, and then they would come back a, a little bit, and it would go... They they never quite looked like they had enough to take control of the game. No, basically, they couldn't get stops when they needed them, and, and you know, um, the Czech team had an excellent point guard, and they had a centre who was... Um, who, who, they, who they were adept at getting the basketball into, who they couldn't stop under the rim. And it, um, and they were very methodical, and it basically meant that London made some shots and London played hard, mm. but the shot um, spectrum, as it were, the, the level of difficulty in the shots that were attempted throughout the game was far greater from the English English team than it was from the Czech team, mm. and that's why you never felt that they were getting over the hump because you know Winterburn made some threes, um, Leonard was struggling, Leonard. <laughs> 
you know, struggled a little bit in the screen role compared to where we, you know, she's normally a maestro. Mm. Yeah. And um, she struggled simply, I think, because of the size, you know, the size of the Czech, the Czech defenders, the hands, she couldn't throw that kind of cross court pass. They've got an issue going on, which one of our contributors pointed out on Twitter, which is spot on in relation to the perimeter players. Mm. Um, they've got five really solid perimeter players, and they only really play three of them. You know, yeah. Green, Winterburn, um, Leonard, Shanice, Beckford, Norton, and uh, there's one more I've forgotten. Leadham. Uh, Did uh, you say Leadham? Lead him, of course, lead him, yeah, lead him. That's right. Sorry, that's the fifth one, yeah. Um, sorry, Joe. Um, you know, and and given that Leonard's playing the vast majority of minutes because she's a, she's really their only point guard, mm. that kind of means that one of those girls has to play the four to get three out of four, three of the other four on the court. Mm. And Breen is probably the best shooter, but she's the one who's missing out a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it's a bit difficult against a, a smaller unit. You can get away with one of them, leader maybe playing the four. Mm. But against the Czech team, it's very hard because they were, they were, you know, very, very meticulous and methodical in getting the ball inside. So, yeah, there wasn't a point in the game whereby they kind of switched or the momentum went. It was just a drip, drip, drip. You know, London made shots and they played hard and they dived on the floor and they did all of that stuff. But it was it was your um, kind of your stereotypical Teutonic performance from um, you know a talented and disciplined team. Yosin mm. uh, Kova with seventeen and thirteen. Was that uh, Anna? Her name is uh, okay. and uh, and Winterburn with twenty one led um, led the Lions. Uh, they they're one and one those two teams now um and then the kelton got beat in in their game against uh casters who lions play uh next week interestingly given how tight this group is and the points difference that last play they were down five they probably overplayed for a steal thinking if we can get a steal we might still be able to win the game Gave up a corner three and lost by eight. And I was just sat there going, oh. The corner three was, it was in transition. Remember? It, it was, it was, she was wide open. It was because yeah. they were doubling up at the halfway line, trying yeah. to force a turnover. And it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I did actually think that as well. I did think, you know, get back, play D. Well, or just take you've five points. Well. Yeah, you've trained me well. Yeah, yeah. Don't okay, know. I'll well, that in a minute because it does look like, at the, end of, at the end of the BBL Cup, points difference won't make a points difference. Points difference doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> it might matter, Leicester and London is my, is my one London. hope left. No, I don't oh, know, my, because my Leicester have lost an extra game at London, so Leicester lost to Bristol, so... Oh, yeah, no, actually, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's oh, half well. an hour of good material. Yeah, that yeah but it's just point. whether you might have needed it. Let's yeah. move on to uh, another game where you might need some points difference. Uh, the Lions uh, men's team yeah. beating Kapfenberg Bulls uh, of Austria 68-58. Uh, um, again, I was watching this back. Uh, they looked really they, they discombobulated. Couldn't they couldn't make a shot. Discombobulated in the first quarter. Yeah. They just looked all out of sorts. They, they couldn't make a shot. I mean, they um, again at some point I think they were like two twenty odd, mm. and, and you know we have to remember they're still a, a new team. Um, for all we we think of, they've been together a couple of months and all this stuff. They're still learning each other and they're kind of being thrown into these games with a limited amount of understanding as to what they are, who they're playing against, preparation, etc. And it was just a flat game. Mm. Um, Katfenberg were kind of one of those teams which were 
again methodically all running some stuff, but the, you know the impression was they were there to be taken. Mm. Um, apart from the, I think the big guy Briggs made some shots and made some plays yeah. and kept them in the basketball game. He had uh, he had twenty and twelve, and the next highest was uh, Dayan Shigawa who had nine. In fact, they brought the yeah, they brought the game open when um, when he went out, he went to the locker room um, in the third quarter. But um, yeah, it just you know, I think this London team is built is, is a team that needs to make shots. Um, if, if they don't, here's your thing: Reese one of six, Dirk uh, one of five, Majaskas one of five from the three point line. So those and three guys. That, they didn't have John Williams either. Nobody, nobody else made it. Yeah, nobody else made a, a three, by the way. So they ended up three of 24 as a team. I mean, that's right. Now, to win a game by 10 points, 23 of 24, you yeah. did quite a lot of right. Well, yeah. um, but it did mean, you know, it did make you think, well, actually, you know, this team are there to be taken, as I say, um, uh, because you could hold them to, to 58 points. They missed Jordan Williams a little bit because mm. in the first game he'd come in and kind of played from the post with the second unit and he'd been effective in scoring the ball. And that's not not what you're going to get from Chris Tawia. Um, you're going to get the more physical kind of defensive presence and maybe the other offensive rebound. And I thought, you know, that was the game where the shots weren't dropping. Um, they, they needed probably him. But there's a, there's a thing, as I say, there's a, a few things going on with that London team. Um, T coming off the bench, I'm not sure how long that lasts. Mm. Um <laughs> You know, he's from the, you know, he's, he's, he's clearly an absolutely quality player. Um, he, he's, he's got a resume, you know, which probably beats any other, the resume of any other player in the whole competition. And you'll mm. tell me if I'm wrong, not having, me not having actually looked at all the resumes <laughs> in the competition. Um, and when he's not in the game, when he is in the game, they kind of have this two guard, two guard um, system going with Reese. When he's not in the game, it's, it's again, it's all Reese. It's Reese in the screen and roll. It's Reese looking to throw the lobster Kelly. It's Reese looking to, you know, and, and Williams and Washburn don't get as involved as much when it's all Reese. And when Williams is playing the two, and we've tried, you know, they've tried Williams, Dirk Williams at the two a lot. They tried it last year as well, and it never really quite works. He's not really got the size for a three in Europe, but he has got something which is very different. He's got the quickness, athleticism, the ability to get up and the ability to knock down a shot off a catch and shoot. And um, I thought they had a better look when they had both of them there. And it, it just seems to me that the whole, you know, when, when Reese is playing, everybody, the whole team is, is literally based around him, which kind of makes them Reese's pieces. <laughs> Very good. And on that note, Claxton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, but in all seriousness, um, which obviously we left left a long time ago. <laughs> Trains were well gone from this station. Um, in all seriousness, they, there's no real secondary creator on the court when he when he starts a basketball game. And I'm looking at Marcus Teague and I'm thinking, I want him playing 32 minutes a game. And if he's not going to play the first seven, it's unlikely he's going to play 32 yeah, minutes yeah, a game. Yeah. yeah. You know, and this is this is this is basic numbers, basic numbers thing. Um, and I get that they don't want to necessarily trade change off with the BBL team and, and create too much disruption because you, you're managing two different teams and two different units. But at some point, I think they're going to have to put their talent on the court. It might not be this round. It might be the next game against the BBL, the German BBL team. I don't know. That, that's um, the interesting but, one now for me is looking forward to yeah. next next Wednesday. They, they play, uh, they're actually playing the three games in a row. I was talking to Vince on, on Friday. He was happy that he's got the three home games uh in a row like that 
both those two teams are two and zero. I expect both of those two teams to beat the other two teams and qualify. And and yeah. and this really for me is the judge of how good are London, how far can they go? It, it will be how well do they play in the, in in these two games? Well, we know, don't we? I mean, we know the level of the the German Bundesliga, and we know that it's you know the, in reality that the high level BBL players generally come from the division below. You know, generally come from Pro A. We don't get players from the Bundesliga because their financing is is far greater than every team in the league, bar London, at this point in time. Um, so for people who've been watched, for people who've been watching the league last couple of years, Justin Gordon, Orlando Parker, and um, William Lee, all these guys were very effective players in, in in the second division in Germany, and then they became very effective players in the BBL. Um, the question is, how how big is that gap? between the second division in Germany and the first division in Germany, and how close are we as a league in, in a way of kind of crossing that gap and getting into that level of competition? And how close are London, given the extra players that they And that's got? the point. And, and, and the only way we can establish that is basically, you know, are we, is the league two, two good players away? Because mm. London are a good, a really, really good BBL team without those two guys. Um, they're not... A, I don't think at this point a dominant BBL team without those two guys. They might end up being it, but I'm having seen the other teams around the league, I see them being challenged um, at times in the season. So are we two players away? Are we four players away? Are we six players away? We're gonna find out. Yeah. Um, whether you know I think it's one of those situations where um little differences, you know, the the, the old cycling, the marginal gains nonsense, that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, the, I think if you give all the London guys soft pillows, they'll win. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, soft pillows and no drugs. Definitely uh, no drugs. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not suggesting anybody... Nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So I think it, it's, it comes down to coaching. It comes down to squad rotation. It comes down to how the guys are up for it. Um, and I think, you know, talent level, I would hope uh, they are... I would hope that they are at the talent level of a German BB, a solid German BBL team with their European squad. If they're not, then we've got a long, long, long way to go to catch up. Mm. Well, we will we will find out this week. Um, so let's, uh, apart from slandering British cycling, let's move on. <laughs> I'm sure it's all been decided. Yeah, I'm sure it, 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 it was a yeah, jiffy yeah. bag, Dr. Freeman's And they did have soft pillows. They definitely had soft pillows. I'm no, sure I completely agree to that. Uh, let's move on to Friday's game back in the BBL Cup, and we'll start in Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow 100, Cheshire 93. Uh, Michael Chirobi is going to be out for a little while now. Um, so um, Rabon Bakali was starting for them. Murray started uh, for the Rocks. They they announced a new signing, um, Terrell uh, Green, or Bellow yeah. Green. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've seen both. Uh he he didn't play. Uh, he was there, but he didn't. He didn't. He was obviously not cleared to play. Yeah, remarkably cryptic stuff in Glasgow. Yeah, wait, wait, wait for the. You'll see him tonight. Wait for yeah, the game. Where is yeah. he? Oh, he's not playing. <laughs> the uh, um, guys. But we well, we've liked what we've seen from from Bacali, and he had he had eight as, as Cheshire started thirteen six. Absolutely. I mean, to be fair, you know, the hardest position in the BBL to um to come into kind of fresh is the centre spot because you're right in the middle of all the actions, a lot of screen roll going on, um, a lot of quick players going on. And if you know that the speed of the game, when you can't impact the game with your size, then you're going to be run off the floor very quickly. And the thing with um, 
um, Bacali that's really impressed is that they seem to pick him up from nowhere, beginning of the season, training player, like what they saw, good, good for him. Um, but he has more than one move. You know, he, he's actually quite dexterous with the ball. He's got, he, he, he's got a big body. He's got a little jump hook going over his left shoulder, but he can also spin back and finish the other way. And he's not committing dumb fouls, mm. um, which sounds kind of like a given for a professional player. Yeah, but it's but not. It's not. It's Particularly really not. at that position in this at league. That position with when his got size some, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they, in the confidence that they hadn't going to him early, I don't think Dickerson was playing in this game as well. So he got to play a little bit more than perhaps he otherwise would have. At the, at the end of tonight's game, Ben said that Dickerson's been ill all week. So that's probably right. why. Probably why. Well, you know, it's, it's, hey, look, it's, it's, it's silly season week, you know. Yeah, and you know, if someone's yeah. not playing this week, yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. Still, are they going to be around any longer? So, you know. Um, I'm glad he said that. Um, you know, it's it's cutting week. Um, so yeah, um, so he, he was impressive to throw the they threw the ball into him, and then um, Glasgow with yeah, as you say, Gareth starting at the four, Fraser Malcolm coming off the bench a little bit. The, I watched this game back yesterday, and it was an up and down basketball game. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of. Um, a lot of free-flowing basketball. Everybody kind of got the shots that they wanted. McSwiggan got going as well a little bit, um, which is always critical for Cheshire. And um, I, I like Glasgow. I mean, Glasgow are they're not they're not a dark horse. I'm talking about this generally because I can't remember enough details about 183 game. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're not a dark horse. Um, but because everybody knows what they are, but they're not. And entirely convincing of me yet either it's, it's a weird one i'm not i'm thinking that like, at times you're thinking this team is seriously good and at times you're thinking this team's got an off switch and yeah you know okay lights out no one's home that type of thing um so yeah so sorry you can take, take so, us through the yeah, game so Ch cheshire started well uh hillsman got them back into it cheshire finished the first half well and by the early the third quarter they were 53-44 ahead, having only been three points up two minutes, two and a half minutes from halftime. And then the Rocks suddenly hit from the three-point line. Hillsman, Murray, Johnson, um, four three-pointers, 14-2 run, uh, and they were and they were three points up. And then it's, as you say, it's up and down, back and forth, score for score then. Yeah, I mean, and, and Teddy got going as well. Um, Teddy Okrafor got going at the end of the third quarter as well, and he started... Um, being aggressive and, and getting his offense as well, so it was kind of a game where everybody was able to get their get theirs in bits at certain parts of the game. And from memory, it came down to a, what a tie game with four minutes. Yeah, left. four minutes to go, eighty-five apiece, and then Johnson three, Johnson score, Murray three, and it's ninety-three eighty-five. Yeah, actually, two, if, if, if you were doing it from my perspective, Johnson three, Johnson two, Johnson assist, Johnson assist, Johnson two. Yeah, um, yeah. took over the game, um, you know, and that was a 12, but 12 2 run, 12 3 run, something like that. And that the one thing that came out of that game, came out of the game for me, is that I'm not sure if anybody can guard Johnson when he is on, when he is going. Um, I'm not sure quite where his switch is in relation to how often he, you know, he, he, he played 35, 36 minutes to that game, something like that. And yet, at the end, he was he was making all the plays. Yeah, and, and still making all the plays. He, he's one of these guys who just doesn't ever seem to get tired. And the fact that he's so comfortable with the ball in his hands at the end 
you know, that puts him in MVP, league MVP territory because he's making plays when the game's on the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, the issue is, you know, is there a, a scouting report for him when the team gets into the league and he played these teams two and three times yeah. and the teams start throwing strategies at them? Um, you know, the, the secondary ball handler is basically Johnny and Johnny's actually benefiting from playing off Johnson because, mm. you know, Johnny Bunyan is... It's weird. He's like... He's a slightly less mobile, less effective Ian McKinney when he's playing the point guard. Yeah. But he's a just as effective Jason Swain when he's playing the off guard. Yeah. yeah. Actually, <laughs> you know, and, and for those of us, apologies for anybody under the age of 30. Um, but I actually <laughs> saw Ian McKinney. I actually, I actually saw Ian McKinney at Billy Castellina today. I think he's watching the, the Sharks under 16 team. And you reminded me that it kind of clicked with me. Um, so Johnny Bunyan playing off Jordan Johnson, getting to the corners and getting to his spots. You actually seen that Cheshire game a couple of times. He right, Johnny sprinted to the corner um, because he knows that Jordan Johnson's going to get to the middle and find him, and, and he's going to knock down shots. But the problem is that he's that's the you know he's the only real backup ball handler they have, and the whole offense changes for when Johnson's not there. So you know a little bit like you know Fletcher Centric offense last year at Newcastle. Yeah. Um, where are they going to go if he's not there? Well, it's a good problem yeah. to have because you've got one of the best guys in the league in the meantime. Yeah. So he had uh, 21 points, 15 assists. I've got stats going, game stats going back to 2008. That's the most by a Rocks player uh, in that time. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that, yeah. Jesse Sapp had 13 and... Um, Jesse Sapp. Somebody else had 13 whose name's gone out of my head. It's on Twitter. Go go look up my Twitter and I got it's there. But interestingly, they also had Harris 17, Hillsman 15 and 15, Fraser 15, Murray 15, Bunyan 13. So everybody got going, and that's the yeah. thing Johnson King does. Now they're playing through Fraser a lot as well. Um Jack Domney seems to have dropped off. I'm not sure if he's been hurt or whatever, but he has he's not playing that many minutes at all. And um, we'll come to kind of more the more kind of not concerns, but the more question marks I've got about them in relation to the second game, I think. Um, but in this game, they made enough clear. There was a couple of, you know, generally in the BBL, if it's a tie game with four, four minutes to go and everybody's shooting the ball well, the home team mm. wins. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, we used to call it, you know, I know you used to call it a scoring race. You know, if yeah. you get into a scoring race on the road, you're going to lose um, because you might not get a call. You might not, you might, you know, the hometown fans are up, whatever. There's all sorts of things that, too many things can go wrong if you're 85, 85 with four minutes to go in someone else's gym. 24 of 50, three-pointers between the two teams. 12 of oh. 23 rocks, 12 of 27 uh, Knicks. Oh. Um, Teddy with 28 points, 11 assists uh, yeah. led the uh, mix. Let's move on to uh, Newcastle, 73, Manchester, 111. Dan Clark was back and starting. Um, Eagles were still missing Fletcher, Williams, Defoe, and Sayers. Um, and Shelton. And Shelton. Um, and oh, Giant... by the way, sorry, just on this, obviously yeah. my, my guy's lost, but I'm, I'm repping tonight. I've got this there you one. go. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> Completely yeah, impartial you... at the Sunday night break. Absolutely. Yeah. The, um, well, I mean, Giants just eased out and kept going, really, in this one. Um, there's a, a few things about this game, which I was there. Obviously, I was there. I was sat a few rows back from, from the um, from the court. And it's nice seeing teams the first time when you're not seeing them on telly. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I've seen Newcastle, that, that Newcastle team for the first time as well with, with the amount of playing 40 minutes. And 
Yeah. Vincent, who subsequently got released the next day, playing yeah. the odd minutes, and and Johnson Thompson playing a lot, a lot of minutes as well. But um, so uh, about Newcastle, I've got nothing to say. You know, you lose five guys, and then Manchester are probably the only team in the league that could probably lose five guys and, and remain vaguely competitive because their bench is what it is. Um, but you know, three, maybe two, maybe definitely, but five, very, very tough. But the thing was. But so it's really all about Manchester. Manchester were, um, with all those riders and all those caveats about the team that Newcastle had out, Manchester were ultra impressive to me. Mm. And it wasn't the um, it wasn't the the way that they played. It wasn't the fact they scored 111 points. It wasn't the fact that they were able to score on the you know bunch of eagles 17 year olds at the end. It's not nothing to do with that. Um, it was the manner in which they played. It was the manner in which they competed, which was um, intense but under control. They were disciplined, apart from the, you know, apart from Uncle Dan Clark waving his finger at the ref and getting the technical. Um, and they just ran their stuff and they didn't descend to what you would describe as kind of the innate sloppiness that normally comes about when you're playing against a team that you know you're comfortably um, going to beat. Yeah. And um, none of that happened, and you. I'm waiting to see cracks because they got 11, 12 players, and they're trying to run them all, and there was just none. The system they've got is, you know, absolutely perfect to run around Dan Clark. We talked about that before. You know, he's at the top. The space he creates space for everybody else. It's like having a point forward. Mm. Um, the only, I mean, he, team Newcastle went at him a little bit defensively. He had four fouls in the first half, so. You know, teams going forward would probably love to attack him defensively, you know, because the, the scout report on Dan Clark was always that you know, offensively he's almost an NBA talent. You know, mm. defensively, not so much. You've got to go on that because he's, he's a big guy. He's not, not as quick sitting off the NBA stand. Um, but um, in the BBL, he's not showing any issues with that at the moment. Mm. And um, just everything, everything about them was, you know, I, I like the point guard because... Tariq Armstrong had um, Temba Yabanto in front of him. Obviously, Temba's a young kid. He's 20-year-old. He's mm. making his way. He's playing 40 minutes. And, you know, if Tariq Armstrong had wanted to, he could have got at him. He could have, you know, he could have done all the things he needs to do. He could have got, he's got his, you know, flexed a bit, you know, all that stuff. And um, he didn't. He just ran his team, mm. you know. He, ran he, was his team still, he was still six of seven shooting for 14 points eight assists but the point is the point is he was seven he He could have got his shot most times yeah you know Temba's Temba's a reasonable defensive player but he's a young lad you know and and veterans generally find a way of scoring on young lads if they want to and he just ran his team and then um McKnight I mean I looked up McKnight after the game because I haven't really paid much attention to you know some of the, the newer Americans in the league and where they came from he averaged 21 a game in NCAA Division One at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now it's not the highest level NCAA NCAA conference, but you average twenty one points a game yeah, yeah, in Division yeah, One. Yeah, That's yeah. like a handful of guys average twenty points a game every year. Yeah, to yeah. do that, you have to be able to score. And he looked just awesome. He got to his spots. The shots he shot were were on balance. They were in rhythm. They were just hitting the back of the rim. You know, it was like watching kind of an NBA scorer. Just a guy just getting to his spot and shooting the basketball. Um, and apart from that, you know, so they're the, they're the guys, Armstrong and, and McKnight are the guys that take them off the top, take them over the top. But everything else about their demeanour on the court and their confidence with each other um, was really encouraging. It was kind of un-BBL-like at times. Although, you know, they are a real, a real, real threat. Mm. 
um, at this point. Um, I'm not going to go through every player because it wouldn't be right because it wasn't about that. I know all those guys can play. It's yeah, about yeah. how they combine. And well, um, all, all 12 of them scored. They were 44 of 67 scoring. They had 54 points in the paint. They, they as you say, they got whatever they wanted. Yeah, well, they picked them apart. And uh, yeah, obviously, you know, I mean, you know, if the Eagles are going to to a season thinking that we're going to be playing with, you know, five players and Tembe about to playing the point guard and yeah, the back yeah, yeah. going to be Vincent Johnson Thompson, you know, they wouldn't be expecting to win basketball games, let's be honest, for the 40 minutes. But you've still got to do it. Yeah, yeah. And the man, it's not what you do, it's the manner in which they did it. And the man, and, and seeing it up, up impressive, seeing it up front was impressive. It was Leicester like. Mm. You know, it was Leicester like. And um, you know that was so. So they, they are, they are, you know, absolutely on my radar now. They're in the back. They finished six and two, did they? Mm, yeah, six and two. Um, and you know, they have a group which looks like it's well led and looks like it's going to get better. Mm. I, I suppose the interesting question to watch them going forward is, as you say, this there's twelve guys there. Is how, how does he balance all of that? But that, but. <laughs> You'd rather have, you'd rather have uh, all those guys and and have to deal with that than have five guys that Newcastle have. Well, absolutely, and I saw. I mean, I saw nothing, and I was looking. I was looking. Believe me, <laughs> I was looking. I was. I saw absolutely nothing um, in relation to to kind of. I think ego to ego, that type of stuff. And I think the reality is it's all about your culture setters. And obviously we had that for years. So, so I know quite a lot about culture setters. And they have Dan Clark, who's obviously an ACP player for X amount of years, true professional, playing at 33, you know, just, just a pro, seen it, done it abroad. And they have Jamel Anderson, who is the exact same in this country. Mm. So the two of them cover both, all the bases. And they are both um, smart, selfless players. Mm. And that culture, you know, and then if you get the right, you know, if you get the wrong American, you find out very quickly. But if you get the right Americans, you know, at that point to fit around that culture with that right level of talent, you know, that's that is the recipe for success in this league. It always has been. You have your um, indigenous British passport guys who who know the league, who know the system, who set the tone, and that was obviously you can talk about. Newcastle can talk about Leicester because they're the two kind of last decade, they're the two teams that have, that have set that and subsequently London a little bit with, with Justin coming in as well. And then you add the right Americans to them and that's what that's what takes the talent level up. Mm. And, um, you know, they've got the right combination of speed, uh, sorry, of um, experience, culture and youth uh, with Steele and Whelan and, and Saunders probably goes the other way into the, into the experience category. And, and they got a coach who seems quite happy marshalling mm. 11 guys, 12 guys. So, so good on them. You know, let's see where they go. They're on the radar. Well, they certainly are. Well, you mentioned Leicester and London. So let's go to their game on Friday night. Leicester Riders 93, uh, London Lions 76. Nelson Henry's out for a, for a little while now. We're not sure when he'll be back, but he's still in the boot. Uh, Justin Robinson is apparently a couple of weeks away. Uh Jordan Williams didn't uh, play in this game for the Lions and um, uh, Josh Ward-Hibbert was also out. Now, I, I, I'll How confess... Does Josh get injured? He hardly played. Must be practice. Uh, yeah, must be. I, I must confess, I turned up there and the first thing I did was look at, down at the London end of the bench and go, who's warming up? And then go, why has he brought everybody? 
Yeah, now, right. I had this argument with, with Roe beforehand, and Roe thinks I'm talking rubbish, but I, I look forward and go, Wednesday night is the biggest game of London Lions season. The, this game is a meaningless game because mm. they're going to finish first or second, and it doesn't really matter whether it's first or second. Even if they lose second. this game, they've got the next yeah, yeah. game to win. The they could still come back. Yeah, they could still yeah, yeah. come back. So part of me is expecting to look down and see, you know, Barking Abbey on the front of the shirts. Um, yeah. But but basically, he's got everybody who is, who is fit and, and available for them and, uh, and, and played them all. Now, to me, I thought that was bonkers, but... He did it that, you know, everybody appears to have made it to the end of the game without getting injured. So that that's the number one tick really for them. Um, and then the game plays out and it, the first half was your phony war, wasn't it? That was, yeah. it was two well, teams. I mean, the, yeah, the only thing I can think of, I can think of the, re, you know, the re, a reason to play those guys um, is to try to get them attuned to the, the BBL. And to understand that the BBL is not Plymouth and Surrey. Yeah. As they've been the last three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because um, another of the things that I learned very, very quickly from sitting on a bench, which I would have had no idea about as a crowd, as a fan, was that basketball players are an unusual species. And they will not necessarily accept the word that some mouthy so-and-so says <laughs> from the bench until they've seen it with their own eyes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the reality is you can talk to, you can say this is going to happen to players um, until you're blue in the face. But this, it's, it's like watch, you know, as, as somebody who'd been around the BBL for years and years, you, you, you know what you're going to walk into, you know the environment you're going to go into. It's like one of those fairground boxing gloves which comes out of the box and hits you in the face. Mm -hmm. And your players say, oh, where are we going today? Where, where we looking? And they're sticking their chin right over the boxing <laughs> yeah. Even though you've told them, don't put your, don't put your chin there because a the boxing glove's going to hit you. And by the way, I'm making this up as I'm going on. Yeah. Um, and bang, in it goes, they get whacked. Um, and it's happened so, so many times. And, and, and if you actually look, there's a serious point behind it. If you look at the teams that have ever been on long winning streaks in this league, they've all been veteran teams. Mm. They've all been, you know, they've all been, and I'm talking about veteran teams, I'm talking about players who've been around for years mm. and not having to, not relying on two or three. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you, and they've just, always had a, a had a, had a, a Drew Sullivan type person, a Fab Flanoy type person, a yeah. Charles Smith type person. Those, those you know, and you can go back to, yeah. to, to Cunningham and Bird and whoever Cunningham you want. Bird, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's not about what you, what you can do because everybody have a bad game. But it's about knowing where the threats are. You know, Popovich calls it having the appropriate fear. Mm. You know, you're not you're not scared, but you have to have the appropriate fear as to where you're going. And you know that was half the battle. With, when you ever, whenever you had a rookie player, um, you know that was half the battle was explaining to them that things are different. You know, mm. explaining to Fletch that you know there's going to be a mascot fox running around in Plymouth, <laughs> trying to pull oh. your shorts down. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's like, yeah, fire, fire, so yeah, okay. And then they see it, and it's like. Oh. <laughs> You know, um, that's a, sorry, Fletch, shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, there may not be a mascot fox much longer. But no, there won't be. I thought that was top of tired. Yeah, I thought that was top Whatever. Um, and, and you can't, so, so having those, so getting back to the point, which was a long, long time ago, mm. um, having those guys see, you know, yeah. what, a baby, what a good BBL team is quicker rather than um, later. 
probably a good thing. That said, well, what, what, I, what I would say to that is that's a much better argument than the one Roe put forward on Friday night, and I will accept that. Rose was about Roe was saying, oh, it's about the rivalry yeah. and blah 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 and all of this. And I said, okay, so what was the score last time last year in the cup? game that they played and he made the same mistake that we made two weeks ago and picked the wrong game then couldn't remember who won then didn't know who'd won the second game yeah. <laughs> in the cup group so it was like none of that mattered let's go back to the game anyway let's back, back again. to the no, game no no rose a player yeah 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 i'll get him there you'll get there eventually don't <laughs> worry um sorry Anth. um yeah the game and the game actually was that perfect exemplify that because within a minute and a half vince is calling the timeout yeah, because Reese is basically and he just stood there too. He didn't go yeah. into the huddle. No, because Reese has basically walked down the court a couple of times. Kelly's dropped an open pass at the rim, and they've given up a cheap layup to somebody. And then the last time Reese, he had turned the ball over, they missed a shot, and he literally stood in front of Vince as the rest mm. of the Leicester team ran past. And I'm thinking, oh, this guy, this guy is not, is not in this. This guy is not locked into this game at all. And and happily, I'm uh, to be fair, Vince obviously thought exactly the same thing. Mm. Because that was the the typical coaching. What the yeah. is going on, guys? Yeah, are you going to start playing or not? Um, type of thing, and that's the danger you have with the players because you know ultimately the players know what the game's about. They know what they know what know what's on the line, which is nothing. Um, they they've just played on Wednesday night. They're in the, you know they've got basketball games coming out of their ears for the next however long. They're going to be traveling abroad again, all sorts of stuff. And it's actually why I like the cup format. It's just to digress even further, if I possibly could, because the cup format actually allows um, teams who want to play in Europe to to be not be stuffed the way that Leicester were three years ago. Yeah. When they were playing, yeah, they were playing like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday in league games, which were meaningful games in effect. Yeah. The season. So I like that. I also like it because um, it means that basically everybody's going to have a reasonable a reasonable shot of having a decent team when the league starts. Mm. As opposed to re- relying on visas and and injuries and you know administrative difficulties with the home office and all that stuff, mm. whereby you can like be one and four before the season starts and you can't win the league. So I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of stretching the cup four weeks, but that's another point. Um, but the players know that. Unfortunately, it does mean that you know a little bit of the quality, a little bit of the edge isn't there. And sports about edge, and we know it is. Yeah. A little bit yeah. of that edge isn't there. And Reese, I thought in this game, and back to the point we made about. You know how dependent they are on him without Justin. Um, Reese was pretty disinterested. Mm. Um, he was six of twenty-four in the game, but that's that's an example of it. Not that's that's not the reason he was six of no, twenty-four. No. He just wasn't locked in, you know. And I, I get that. I don't overly criticize that. Um, it was three of thirteen, three of eleven as well. So it yeah. Was... So and he should, but that's the issue when you have a, a recentric offense. You know, if you're going to rely, if he's going to be your guy, he's going to create stuff. And of course, the, the further point is that the one guy who knew what the BBL was about, the one guy who knew he was what he was walking into, is Dirk yeah. Williams. Yeah, yeah. And Dirk Williams was ready. Yeah. You know, he knows it's Leicester, and he knows that he's going to have to show up to play. Yeah. 12, uh, all, all, Twelve of eighteen. Well, well 18, he, he missed some of them late on as well. Yeah, he, and he, all the other guys, they weren't yeah. ready, you know? And and so um, Leicester were okay, but Leicester are still on demand. They're not what they're going to be. Leicester are going to be better than this down the line. Mm. Um, and I thought he, Kelly was interesting as well in this game because, yeah, again, um, Neil on Twitter pointed something out, which is actually spot on. Um, he runs like a wing. Mm. And his game is kind of, his, his game is very modern game kind of running jumping dunking blocking mm. but when Mo Walker wanted the basketball four feet from the rim 
and put his backside into him, it was a bucket. Mm. And Mo Walker killed him. Mo Walker had probably 16, 18 points in that game. And 16 points, eight of nine shooting. Eight of nine. Now, now if you know eight of nine and you're seven foot one, well, that's the problem because basically the way you attack Kelly isn't by you know trying to throw things over him and, and, and around him. You just go straight into him. It's like he's a shot blocker. You get a body, a big body, you take the ball into his chest and you create space. And um, and that's probably the, the knock on him. So It'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the season because he has the tools to be very, very good, but he can't be, you, you know, you're seven foot one in there with those long arms. You can't be giving up eight of nine and more walker because they weren't dunks off screen and rolls. Mm. They were nice. They were finishes. There was catches six feet from the basket, little floaters whatsoever. Um, but they weren't, they were, they were things that you'd want to be more disruptive on. So going forward, that becomes a potential issue for them. Um, and we've got to work out how how Washburn's going to be in the BBL. Mm. We haven't figured that out yet. I don't think he he's such a um... foul trouble. The 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 oh, last yeah. the yeah. last one as well was just just over aggressive. He didn't need to. That was it was almost like he was yeah the foul trouble and also because he doesn't touch the ball that much. Yeah, you know. So you know, is he going to be is he going to be locked into those games? You know, will he will he do it on a cold Tuesday night in Stoke? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that, let's all that let's spin this forward because. A lot of stuff yeah, happened, yeah. and not uh, all of it was 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 great. So let's go. Let's go to the to the fourth quarter, and there's five and a half minutes to go. Resets of three, seventy six, <laughs> seventy. Plus, we spent ten minutes talking about this without talking about this. Yeah, uh, seventy six, seventy one. And, and then, <laughs> indeed, then Adekoya hits a three, and then Jackson dunks it. Yeah, like the whole building just went whoa. Uh-oh. I mean, it shook London so much that they threw the ball out of bounds. Yeah, it was one of those things. It's the scorer's table, yeah. And, and London didn't score for the next five minutes. That was essentially turned the game on that one dunk. Yeah, maybe, well, I think it probably was the exclamation point. Mm. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm part of, I'm, 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 I'm wholly on the Zach Jackson train at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Last week, so yeah, again, a bit of foresight. Um, yeah, and um, they they kind of that appeared to be. If you're looking back at it, I'm never sure if there is actually ever apocryphal like turning point moments in games because there's so many things happen around them. I'm never I'm never necessarily um, convinced by that narrative, but if you look back at the game, you know that was kind of the exclamation point on the game. You know, which is you know um, he was and he's, he's kind of like he's a, he's, he's a guy in the NBA called Kyle um, Anderson who's called slow mo. Mm-hmm. Um, who you know, it actually beats people with a slowness as opposed to his quickness, <laughs> his length, and it was kind of one of them. It was a slow motion yeah, yeah. dunk because that's what yeah, Zach Jackson's got. He's he's not overly, he's not a quick jumper, but he's got a long stride, yeah, and, it's, and he extended off his second stride far further than anybody expected. And so, um, I just think Leicester were just ready, for, Leicester were ready for the game, mm. even with the guys that they had that London were. Um, and in fact, if we look back at the baby games London have had. You know, Jordan Williams has played very well in them. Yeah. And not having Jordan Williams is another guy who knows the BBL, who's a playmaker yeah, yeah, in the BBL. Yeah, yeah. I think he's impactful as well. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of time to talk about a meaningless game. But, yeah. Zach so, Jackson. so two, two, two thumbs two. up, Zach Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Double thumbs up. Uh, two three pointers for Loving. It was a 15 0 run as Leicester went yeah. to 91 uh, 71. As I say, Lions didn't score for five minutes. And I have to, because uh, Niall will kill me if I don't, point out that if Leicester dribbled out the final play, they yeah. would have gained one more point. 
but because they attacked the basket, Gino went in and scored rightly, yeah. but probably went a little bit too early. Nobody picked up Dirk and he hits the three at the other end. Yes. It is it's my fault banging on about not Extra dribbling points. it out. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I didn't watch. So I don't know. There you go. But it would have been 20 and yeah. uh, instead of if, if, if that hadn't happened. Uh, so uh, Gino had um, 20 and nine, Jackson 17. Uh, Dirk, we, we touched on that earlier. Dirk Williams with 30, 30 points, phenomenal shooting. Missed a couple late on because he was a, probably a bit fatigued, but just absolutely unconscious. Just but here's, a, here's your shooting. prediction um, Leicester will not lose a game this season with more Walker shooting at 88%. <laughs> I'll probably go with that. Yeah. So uh, that wraps up uh, all of the Friday games. So let's go to uh, Saturday. Uh, Bristol Flyers 81, Surrey Scorchers 82. Let's wait forward to the end. Should we just get to the end? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things happened, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, so the, <laughs> Sorry. In, in, the last, uh, in the last 30 seconds, I, I wanted to go to a minute, but I'm just going to say last 30 seconds. Sorry. Well, just, just on the, sorry, I said Wayne Ford, yeah. but firstly, um, Jacob came off the bench, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Thomas Edwards started at the, at the three, and that's going to be an interesting kind of balance because he wasn't on the bench. Obviously, that's not the way he started against Plymouth, and he didn't play very well the first three quarters. Against yeah. Plymouth. So it's going to be interesting watching that going forward. So um, let me give you a couple. Let me give a couple of lines for the people yeah. who didn't see the game at all. Uh, Miller and Simmons pushed the. Um, Pushed the scoring out. Scorchers went six minutes scoring, only three free throws. They were 13 points down, 40 to 27. They started to make um, some inroads in the third quarter. Sorry, great Gilchrist alley-oop, by the way. Reverse mm -hmm. dunk. That was really good uh, in the third quarter. Um, they were still nine down with seven to play. McLemore and, and, and Teo Ogundengby hit some threes. 14-0 run, and they get up 70 to 75. Jacob then hits five points in 75 a piece with a minute and a half to go. Yeah, um, Evans really struggled in this game. Yeah. Evans really struggled in this game. And at one point in the fourth quarter, they couldn't get any offense. And I was wondering why he had the ball in his hands because it seems to me Miller's better with the ball in his hands and Evans is better off the ball. But Evans turned the ball over two or three times. And I think they were eventually bothered by Surrey's size. The Surrey were a big unit. You know, Robertin, um, Jameson, Gilchrist, even the guards. McLemore's a big guard. Um, Davis is a big guard. Lawrence isn't a small guy, you know, he's 6'2", yeah. 6'3". So I think eventually Bristol struggled with the size of Surrey had in, in getting their dribble penetration going, which led to where you, the point was. Where so then Davis uh, hits what I would call is a very modern basketball shot. Jumps, jump two steps sideways. <laughs> two steps sideways three and it goes yeah. in. So fair play to him. Yeah, I, I look at it and go, that's a terrible shot, but it goes in. Um, uh, I'm just old. I'm just old. That's all. I get it. Uh, 75 78 with 115 to, to go. Uh, Miller goes one of two uh, from the line. Jameson, great double effort to, to tip in. 42 yeah. seconds to go. It's 76 to 80. And then Surrey pretty much tried their absolute best to lose the game, but fell one point short. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Bristol were overly keen on taking it from them either, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, yeah. Um, well, first of all, the, the pick and roll, Delpesh, a yes. tremendous defensive play by Gilchrist to challenge that, not commit a foul. They missed the dunk. That's with 30. Well, I 
my first take was it probably was, but it's not cool, yeah, well, so that's fine. Yeah, you've got a chance to rim, good job. You know? Exactly. 35 seconds to go. Surrey have the ball. They're up four. Okay. So the first one where I'm where I'm going, what, what is going on here? Is they come down court. I think it was Davis caught it in the corner. There's 25 seconds to go. So there's yeah. still at least 14 seconds on the shot clock. Yeah. And he steps out of bounds in that on that sideline one foot going back. Yeah. Because he wants to attack the basket, but you're up yeah. four. Yeah. So where are you going? Run the clock. My impression of Davis is the rational confidence guy. I am, you know, just fearless, going to attack, going to use his body, going to throw himself everywhere, um, but not necessary. That wasn't necessarily the smartest decision. No. So then, sorry, uh, sorry, Bristol get the ball. They advance it from a timeout. Um, and then there's a completely needless foul with 20 yeah. seconds to go. Going yeah, nowhere, literally. somewhere over on the wing, not yeah. really, the, no threat. No. So you've stopped the clock and given them a chance to go to the free throw line to make two free throws, which makes it now a two point game, 78 to 80 um, with 20 seconds to go. And then Bristol, um, um, sorry, then then Bristol make the mistake that Bristol have a nice little trap on the baseline Mm. of Lawrence when they throw the ball in. But like like players I want to do, they they foul too early. Mm. You know, they foul when they've got that trap rather than yeah. making the first pass out of the trap because you have a potential turnover if you clued in. And yeah. if not, the worst case is the ball's going to well, someone other than Lawrence. Yeah, not which is a good option. Shooter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so basically you double Lawrence, get the ball out of his hands and hope and see what happens. Yeah. Well, they didn't yeah. do that. They committed And the you've got two chances of a turnover because even if he does make the pass away and gets it to a teammate, he's probably going to lose two or three seconds in doing that and they have to get it over the halfway line. Yeah, you, you, have, enough, yeah, you have enough time to, to see how it plays out. Anyway, a, anyway, Lawrence they, 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 they committed the foul 18 seconds to go. Lawrence makes two, it's a four point game 78 82. Yeah. Come down the other end, Evans misses a three, Rogers sort of gets a rebound, misses. Surrey just cannot get the ball somehow. Mm-hmm. They, they, they seem to have more people in there and bigger people in there, but they just can't come up with the ball and then. Uh, and then Rogers gets gets fouled, and at that point, there's still only five seconds left. So he's got a decision to make going to the free throw line. What do yeah. I do here? You make the first one. You make the first one, which he did. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not convinced it was a deliberate miss on the second well, one, but he tried, he tried to make it. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, but another brain melt. Sorry, allow Jacobs to grab an easy rebound yeah. and an offensive putback. Yeah, but two brain melts because if you know if you're Jacob, aren't you throwing the ball out for the three? Well, that's the thing. If you if you're down, if, if there's five seconds to go in the game or four seconds to go in the game, right? And you're down by three, if you dribbled down the court and took a layup, you would be you would be looking thinking, what's he doing? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing it off an offensive rebound, I'm still thinking the same thing. I'm thinking you gotta know time and score, you gotta know that that's there's, there's, there's four seconds to go, three seconds to go. You've got to find one of your guys running around on the perimeter. And you've got to know before Josh Rogers shoots that foul shot that we're going to get the rebound and we're going to throw it out. And the play that it brings me back to is actually back in Newcastle in 2010, GB v Macedonia. And Chris Finch was coaching GB. It was yeah. the game that Mensa Bonsu and Deng were playing. And was that the it, first it, game at Sports Central? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was actually the, the utterly meaningless game because FIBA changed the rule. <laughs> they changed the rules afterwards in reached qualification. 
But with six seconds to go, um, GB were down three. And I think, um, I can't remember, I think Deng, sorry, I think Pops deliberately missed a foul shot. And Finch had a play for Dan Clark to tip the ball out to Luol Deng. Mm. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, bang. He tipped the ball to Deng. Deng made the shot. Players went bonkers. Pops started dunking on everybody in overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Um, you know, and it's like same thing happened. Um, same thing happened at John Sanford, uh, where the tie the year the Tigers won the league, where um, uh, I think it was Nate Reinking on the free throw line deliberately missed the second. Sullivan tipped it out, and yeah. um, James Jones James in Jones. the corner. James Jones in the corner. I remember that shot. Yeah, um, and it's even better at San John Sanford because he had the main. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, so so you gotta know that, yeah. you know, you've got to know that you got you gotta know what the score is. And if I'm getting the rebound, I'm, I'm even if you dribble all the way up the three point line and chuck up a turnaround crap three pointer, yeah. you may get fouled, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway let's so get to that. the worst play of them yeah. all, <laughs> yeah, which is the ball goes in, Gilchrist grabs the ball, yeah. throws it the length of the court, yeah, past everybody. Yeah. Straight out of bounds with three seconds remaining. So it would have been, if you've got the volume turned down and didn't realise, yeah. as I did, because the family's watching a movie, it would have been Bristol ball on the end line, down yeah. one with three wow. seconds to go. They were saved by the that fact that really Creon had called the timeout. Nobody heard the horn, so played on. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it was in watching it on the t obviously watching it on the TV. You don't know that's happened. Yeah. So at this point, you know, eyes are popping out of heads and all yeah, sorts yeah. of stuff. Like, what the heck's going on? Credit to Crayon on that one for getting yeah. his time out in quickly. Yeah. Understanding the fallibilities of his players, perhaps that's probably the best way of describing it. And knowing his own team, that one I've got a memory on that one as well. Um, yeah. It was actually the, the the Friday before Plymouth beat Newcastle at the Metro Radio Arena in the Trophy Final. Newcastle played Milton Keynes. Um, on the Friday night before, and yeah, the trophy final 2007, Castle Bay Milton Keynes, and um, Fab was actually on the line down one, or down, I think it was down, maybe down one, down two, down two with three seconds to go. And uh, he made them both, or he might have been down one and made, made the last one, I can't remember which. Um, and um, I think it was Mike New, or I can't remember who threw the ball, but one of the Milton Keynes players got the basketball through the length of the court. And Tony Winless was at the other end, catching it in rhythm. One dribble, two dribbles, layup, game over. Except Vincent called a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. Um, so just as Tony Winless is laying it in, the horn is gone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Timeout. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who won that game. That's the only thing I ever. That's the only thing yeah. I remember about that game. But it was the other way around, you know. Yeah, so yeah. The point is, you're damned if you do, you're damned if yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, um, it was a good but, job he did. But yeah, but even then, they had obviously advanced the ball, quick foul. Gilchrist misses both free throws. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, I'm missing sure the second one at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, because they got they had a a what a forty five footer, fifty footer to win, mm, which yeah. they should never have got close to. No, no. But end of the day, sorry, you, sometimes you got to win crazily yeah, just yeah. to start winning. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes it kind of you ease yourself into that, and that gives you a little bit of confidence to get better and better. And that's a good start. It's a, you know, it's a good win for Surrey. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, ultimately, you know, going to Bristol's floor with a team that's coming together, lots of lots of kind of disparate pieces. Um, it's a good win for them.
Yeah. And, uh, and as you say, now that they've won a game, maybe next week when they're in a similar situation, they win that by six or eight. I'm yet to be convinced, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's, uh, let's move on from that uh, to Sunday's uh, games, which were not quite as dramatic. I think, I think it's fair to say. Um, this uh, was, yeah, they became a chore at some point. I'm not quite sure when. I can't yeah, name it, but it, yeah. it became a chore. The, uh, well, the, uh, the most enjoyable game I saw today was my son playing this morning. In the even though he got in early foul trouble, well, look, uh, to be there fair, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of fun going with broken noses. <laughs> Indeed, well, that was his team. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Um, so, uh, Sheffield 86, Glasgow 73. Sheffield um, announced before the game that Lucian Christophus has uh, left the club. Um, yeah, they've got a guy coming in. Um, I know who it is, but I can't see. Ditto, ditto. Um, the uh, um, Terrell Green. Those of, those of you who know who know me and know where I've been may have may help you, but I can't see. Yeah. It's coming out tomorrow, I hear anyway. No, no, so no, by no, the time no. they listen to it, they'll probably already know. Yeah, um so um Green played 15 minutes by the, uh, Yeah, I watched Green just just on this, just on him very briefly. Um I know a little bit about him because we've we've looked at him before a couple of years ago. Um, um he's a Canadian kid, um, and got you know, um got some contacts in Canada. Um, and um, he can shoot. Now he's a very different. He's not. He's very different to many because um, as long as Mini was as wide as Green is, to, to use an old Chinese proverb, um, he is. Um, he's he's sturdy. He's a sturdy chap. He's probably so, a solid six six up and probably about four 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 across. Um, he's not best served by the Rocks white jerseys. <laughs> which are incredibly tight um, on the road. Um, and I'm not sure if they made what the measure for him either. Um, but he can shoot. So he's a slightly different kind of guy. And then they played him a little bit in this game, just fits and starts. He played a bit at the end. He showed enough. I think he made a three in transition. He, he, a nice little penetrating drive. I think he showed enough to know that he's going to be a, a player. He's got a resume, which suggests he'll do well in this league. Sorry, that's, that's Tyrell Green. So, um... So I obviously didn't see this game because I was yeah. doing the, the the Leicester game, but I, I looked at the uh, Genius Sport. I had a total meltdown today, so we, yeah. the stats was a bit of a nightmare, but it had come back up by the time I'd got home and I saw that the Sharks had got uh, a tw- started 12-0. Well, Bennett um, Cook, basically, Bennett, they went to Bennett Cook early and he basically put Ali Fraser in the mixer mm. and had about eight or ten early points and scored early. And, and they were effective. And then uh, Gareth called a timeout at 12-0 because that was a, like a Vince timeout. Like, you know, mm-hmm. wait, wait, guys, you know, we, we scored 100 points on Friday night. we still got to start playing today. Um, and then Glasgow kind of found their way back into it a little bit. And Fraser Malcolm came in, was very effective. It was effective not just shooting the ball, but effective in transition. He's developing. He's kind of a... I don't mean this as disrespectful. I think he's kind of a Louis Sears clone. Mm. You know, um, you know Scottish job. Louis says, I don't know, mm. but he can shoot the ball. He's also developing his game around the rim. He's developing his game in transition. He's, he's going to, I think he's going to be, um, I'm not sure he's going to be the next Gareth Murray, but he's going to be a player if he, if he continues mm. to develop the way he is. Um, and um, Johnson sat down a bit in the second quarter as well, and he never got going early in this game at all. Um, it was a, it was a, a very Pons 4G game. It was kind of a bit of give and take. Um, bit cagey, 
Cheshire went on the run. Glasgow went on the run. Um, they didn't get anything much out of Jack Domney. Cheshire didn't go on a run because they weren't Sorry. playing. Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, Sheffield. Give me a break. It, it was dire. <laughs> this afternoon was hard. So, so games so, nothing, nothing to talk about. Nothing yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Very little to talk about. Okay, so yeah, um, so go on. Rocks managed to take the lead by halftime, having having been twelve nothing down. But then Sheffield, Williams, a couple of threes, Cook again, fourteen points in a row. Sharks up to a, 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 a an eight point lead, fifty to forty two. Yeah, they're diametrically opposite teams in the way that they are. Sheffield are steady. Sheffield are, are, are the, the engine that just chugs along and will be there at the end and will pay, make you pay for any mistakes that you make and will be relentless in what they do. And Glasgow are like, a, you know, they're like the big, yeah. the, the, the Pepsi Max at Blackpool. Is that, is that still up? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Showing my age. Um, I know the, the ultimate, like, what a valley. This hasn't worked for about three years. It's year, I think. I don't know. Um, anyway, the um, yeah. So so they're up and down in the course of a game, not just yeah. you know. And this was one of those games with Glasgow, and um, you know, it, the one thing, I, the one issue I potentially have with them going forwards, and we'll have to keep an eye on this, um, is their the durability in the second game of weekends. Mm. Um, particularly if they're playing on the road the second game because they cover a hell of a lot of miles. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, anyway, even Sheffield's a four and a half hour trip, you know. Mm. Um, and, and, and Sheffield to to to, to most um, wrong thinking southerners is the north. Mm. Um, so it's a long way for them to go. Um, and I'm not overly convinced that Ali Fraser's body is best suited to play, you know, 40 minutes in the second game of the weekend, having been on a bus for six hours. Mm. And um, they're going to have to get something more out of Jack Domney, I think, in relation to, to him, because Ali's such a massive player for them. Yeah, you know, And ultimately, to win the league, you've got to win on the road, not relentlessly, but you've got to win the majority of your games on the road. And yeah. so that's that's the one issue I potentially have with them. Jordan Johnson was kind of, I'm not saying he was good, but he was, and he tried to take over at the end. But you know, this is, he has about five assists, three rebounds, whereas he's been averaging eight assists, eight rebounds. Mm. You know, in his game, it, it wasn't it was a little bit like Reese, he wasn't quite locked into it. But then again, I'm not locked into it because it doesn't matter. They're both mm. these teams are gonna qualify. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not can't sit here and complain about players not having it up, not putting it all on the line. You know, it's not that's not what it's about. Um, and that's that's the downside of the positives from the cup format, which yeah. I was planning about. Yeah. You know, we need 12 teams. We have 12 teams, and four out of six have to qualify it becomes a slightly different kettle of fish, you know. Yeah. And we have um so um yeah, um Sheffield ultimately won the game and you know they made plays at the end. Um yeah. George, a, Williams, yeah, a, a, a Williams three, they went uh they went um Rocks had made a 10-2 run. Williams then hit a three, and they pulled it back out to 10 points. And, and they yeah. were... Williams, makes, make, Williams is an interesting guy. Watching him, you know, he's a scorer. Um, he's, a, he has, he's kind of a two-level scorer. He scores at the rim, or he scores in the three-point line. Mm. Um, I'm not sure he's, he's an absolute kind of... I think he's a little, little bit of a loose cannon for Sheffield's style, but I think that actually helps him. Um, I don't think he's, there's times defensively that, that he, break, he breaks down, he makes some less than smart decisions. Um, but he's kind of got this kind of spurt ability in his scoring, which they need. And then um, there are games this year already where you've seen where he's been 10 or 12, 10 or 13. And those are the type of numbers that change games, that win games. Mm. Um, and so in this game, he made a couple of threes from the, from the break um, off some good ball rotation near the end. Uh, and um, 
Glasgow just, you know, just didn't didn't have it. You know, they spotted Sheffield 12 points, and it's very tough to beat anybody when you spot a decent team 12 points before you start playing. Yeah. Right, let's move on then to oh, um, Williams was 3 of 5, 17 points. Cook was mm-hmm. 7 of 10, 18 points and, and 7. Uh, Johnson finished with 16 and 7 assists. Um, uh, seven assists, seven assists yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Leicester Riders, eight. Well, Glasgow one. tweeted five assists. Did they? Oh, maybe they I, did. I, I could have, I could have got it. And wrong. obviously, there's no stats to verify. Yeah, this, so you yeah. might lose your claxon. Uh, yeah, I might do. Maybe, maybe uh, declaxoned. We'll, we'll put an asterisk on that. So okay, yeah. go out and Google it while you're listening to this podcast. I remember watching the Glasgow Rocks tweet about a game like that. I mean, really? The so Leicester Riders, eighty-one. Plymouth City Patriots. Uh, 64. No Nelson Henry still for Leicester. Washington uh, was rested as a precaution, so he didn't play, although he was suited and warmed up. Okoro, um, I say back uh, in for his first, uh, well, few minutes, few minutes uh, uh, as a Patriot. Um, and, and this game was very much a team that had beaten a team by 50 a couple of weeks ago against a team that you know, was, fight, was fighting its way was forward, fight, yeah. f- fighting for it. Plymouth had the first five, Leicester had the next 10, and then Leicester started to edge away. Okoro um, managed to be, I think he managed four minutes, and then he got um, quite a nasty-looking poke in the eye. Certainly by the end of the game, it was mm. like a boxer's eye. It was all swollen up. I'm not sure he could even see out of it. It was never ends, does it? Never ends no, with it. No. That, that, that's a tough break. Yeah, it is um, a really tough break. Really tough them because they need some rhythm with him they need that big body um, and with and without him walker inside mm-hmm. had a field day when particularly when uh deji was off the court yeah it's tough i mean i watched i watched the first half of the game volume turned up and um <laughs> albeit not when the cool commentator was on um <laughs> no i watched the first half of the game and um i was quite impressed by plymouth but the thing with Plymouth is though they have to make shots you know they can do all the things that they do and if they miss those shots you think they're never going to score you think they're awful now in this game LVC made a shot Carpenter made a couple of threes I think Joe might have made one Denzel got got, got to the rim a couple of times so they were able to score in the way that they need their guys to score the problem that they have is that Carpenter hasn't demonstrated that he's a 40% three-point shooter in this league, neither is Joe Hart. LVC probably has, but he hasn't played enough. And LVC is going to be trying to create for other people. Shelton hasn't proved he can make enough shots. King hasn't proved he can make enough shots. So even when they're making those shots, if he's an opposition coach, you're not fearful that, oh, Liam Carpenter is going to go six of eight from the three-point line and win the game for them because they haven't proved that they can do that yet, you know? Mm. So that kind of helped them keep it close. And then when they're making shots, and because they run a decent, the, the system's good, they're disciplined, and they're trying hard, they're playing really hard, it means that they look good. But the gap between the shot, the, the shot making team and the team that's struggling to make shots widens. And as you say, when you've got a more walker inside who is able to, um, and you're, uh, by the way, I love the line in the first play of the game where, um, where BJ, for the first time in about, 
two years, a team playing against Leicester actually blew up that play where they, they run the down screen for um, the cross screen. Mm. For normally for Nelson Henry to catch the ball wide open under the rim and everybody goes, wow, that's a good play. And they run it every single week. Like we used to throw it to Defoe in every single yeah, week, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We called New York, boom, Defoe, go. You know, and um, you know, and it's like eventually, PG, eventually they blew it up and they stopped it. They stopped it, you know. Um, so yeah, that's one for the coach and coaches fraternity. Um, but yeah, Leicester just just gonna make eventually they're gonna make shots. McKenzie's gonna McKenzie's gonna get to the rim. Walker's gonna make stuff. Loving's gonna knock down a shot. Whelan's gonna knock down a shot. Adekoye's gonna knock down a shot. And they've just got that athleticism advantage, which makes it a little bit easier. And it, it looked in the third quarter like they they were they were going because Loving had made a couple of threes. Whelan had seven points. Uh, they'd, they'd pulled out to 57-34, but, uh, but they kept going. Uh, that, that's the point where you see the mentality of a team. You yeah. got beat by 50. You're now down by 23. You're on the road, yeah. you know, in the third quarter. And actually, Shelton, Hart, Carpenter, uh, a, a four-point play, which is interesting because Ed, Ed Udansky is on the – on the on the court refereeing that and uh, but he was on the other side so he didn't make the call but i would have been intrigued to see if ed was on this side of the court because your league have been uh your league your cup have been looking at exactly that play uh to not call um so it, it was one of them sort of like that but he got a four-point play out of it it was i mean he was great by the way carpenter and attacking the basket fearless i think he was uh what was he five or six for 14 points uh, and and they and they got it back. They, they never quite got to single figures, but they got to ten or eleven a few times, and Leicester just made enough shots. Sequoia was really good uh, as well. Well, I um I didn't watch the second half. I'll be honest, I was watching the other game, and which was vaguely interesting. Um, this one, I was I was surprised when I flicked it back on because the stats were down. You yeah, see, uh, it was a 13, 14 point game. Yeah. So, you know, I was really surprised that I credit to that. And you know, it's small victories. You know, if one was a betting man, and one obviously would never indulge, um, you know, the spread was 26 points. Yeah. So they yeah. beat the spread. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I know that doesn't mean anything to players and it doesn't mean anything to the coach. No. But just looking at it objectively, um, it means that they've exceeded the expectations of the most important people in the world, which are the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh loving with 26 and 4. Uh, Wheel and Adekoya, as I say, were both very effective. Crandall, 10.7 rebounds, 12 assists, 5 steals. Yeah. Ubiaro had an Ubiaro game with 19 points. Carpenter, I thought, was, as I say, really good. Yeah, Ubiaro uh, is. I mean, I mean, they probably need to win a couple of games, but, but Ubiaro is in line for the, the, the non existent most improved player of the year award already. That's part of that is opportunity, but he has improved his game. He has a step on anybody now. Mm. He has a step on everybody in the league, and he's making enough threes and shots to keep people honest. So uh, let's go to the final game. Cheshire Phoenix 99, Newcastle Eagles 84. Um, and as I say, the, the, the genius sport was having a nightmare. So I, I got home to this. It was about a 12, 13 point game by the time I got home. I have no idea how it got to a 12, 13 point um, game. Basically, other, other than I assume that uh, Neymar Wright had scored, given the, his points tally. Yeah, um, basically, Newcastle got there late. And so the game started very quickly. Um, I understand that the baby had a ref from Cornwall on the game. Hems, uh, who could really, did not really need the game to start late, giving it a yeah, drive yeah, back yeah, to Cornwall. Yeah. Hello, Darren. Hope you're all right. Um, Sergeant Bolton. Um, the. Um, 
and 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 you know as what generally happens when you've just you walked in the gym and, and yeah. done that um oh, can i can i just acknowledge what a great crowd it was in there i know that's oh me. jesus i was so happy <laughs> 150 miles away i was so happy it was it was just it was bring you you know bring your kids to the basketball zoo day fantastic look at the zebras eagles over there phoenix over there you know whatever um no i look you gotta do what you gotta do in these times and i didn't mention actually the one thing about the newcastle manchester game was um you know three thousand people in the gym yeah 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 you know and you know and that's obviously it's a little bit of buffing up kind of my club etc but it's three thousand people in the gym you know um and it was a good and just i think i said that to one of the manchester guys afterwards you know thanks for for beating us by 40 in front of 3,000 people. Um, but um, no, um, yeah, yeah, you've got to do what you've got to do. I'm not, I'm, it's, it's, it is in jest. If they didn't get people, yeah, yeah, that's the way they get yeah. people in the gym, good for them, you know, no problem. But just the yeah. noise, you know, can you, yeah. can you know, maybe a puberty test or something, you know, <laughs> you know something like that. Like, yeah. The game. Uh, the game. Um, the game The game started. So Newcastle couldn't make a shot early, but Shelton rebounded everything to keep them close. And I think Shelton had the first 12 points and after about seven minutes, no one else scored apart from Shelton. Um, and he came off with a minute and a half to go and the, 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 the stat thing came up that he had 12 points and six rebounds in like six minutes and seven minutes or something like that. And Ben talked about it after the game, actually in the brief interview that they did, that they didn't do a very good job on him. Um, but similarly, Bacali played, Bacali started, he got going a little bit early. Newcastle had no real matchup for Bradley. Um, because you know they had Johnson, Thompson, Shelton starting, who were basically both undersized fives, mm. and Bradley was able to get going. And then also Name on Right um, had one of the Name on Right games, you know, whereby as soon as he gets into his um, shooting motion and right starts to rise up, you know it's going in. Mm. You know you, you, the only way you, ha you have to defend him by not letting him get into his shooting motion and making him dribble the ball because he's a six four, six five guard. And they really didn't do a very good, a very good job of that. But you know, the, the, again, that Newcastle are playing with, you know, basically six players. Louis has played a little bit, but he's he's just back from the COVID thing, um, and um, they, they they really didn't do much in the way of taking the Cheshire out of stuff that you would want to take them out of. Um, um, second half, a bit similar to uh, to the Leicester game. Cheshire always looked like they were going to win, but they Newcastle didn't let them get get too far away right yeah, finish go on. no go on i was gonna say right finish with 33 and shelton had 27 and 12 and missed one shot according to ben in the post yeah, so he was, yeah i think he was 11 of 12 or something like that which um which is beats more than eight of nine i think that's probably yeah the, the one thing we didn't talk about this obviously um obviously vincent they they, they made that move uh yeah. newcastle and presumably, given how short of players it is, this is the contract thing that you were talking about last yeah, week. Yeah, I assume so. I mean, there's, um, it's eight games, 60 days, and Cheshire was Newcastle's eighth game. Mm. So, you know, that the, 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 the contractual term is generally, I don't know the states or everybody's individual contracts, obviously, but the general um, BBL contract, there's a standard contract, has a term in which says that eight, days or eight games or 60 days to protect, basically, play clubs from players coming in and just not being the right fit or alternatively coming out of shape and etc. Um so they've made the decision that Vincent didn't fit. I think that's probably right. I don't think he did he didn't I don't think he was to the point whereby he was you know bad enough whereby he looked and think he's got to go. He had 20 and 10 against Manchester. You know, so he can clearly play and I think he can, you know, he got a decent rep from 
the guys on the Owen Eagles camp as, as to the person he was. Um, so I don't imagine you have a problem finding the job, but he doesn't, doesn't you know, when you, you've got Shelton and Defoe and Johnson Thompson, um, you know, you know, if they were looking for another Justin Gordon, that's not Terrell Vincent. So mm. it'll be interesting to see who they who they kind of bring in to balance those kind of bigger bodies that they've got. Um, and obviously it doesn't, in relation to that game yesterday, it doesn't matter. You know, they yeah. were the, the yeah. competition anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I imagine that was the case. Um, I imagine that was the case with Sheffield with Christophus as well. We might hear about other guys in the near future, um, in the next couple of days around the league, about if other teams are making moves. Um, it's just so people understand. It, it's you generally you can still um, release people for gross misconduct or sometimes extremely poor performance if you go through the normal kind of employment warning procedures, as it were. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. coaches don't want to get into that with players. Mm. You know, that's the reason why they have this cut off, you know, which is basically it's a no, no guarantee. It's like the NBA, you, you, your deal is guaranteed and only until eight games, only after eight games. So you're guaranteed after a certain date. And um, it's actually, it actually generally suits everybody because mm. um, a player doesn't want to be somewhere where they're not going to progress either. Yeah. So uh, let's just quickly look at the tables on the way out. Um, the North is finished. Manchester were first, six wins and two defeats. Glasgow were second, five wins and three. Cheshire are third, four and four. They had the head-to-head -head with the Sharks, who were also four and four, which is why the Sharks are fourth and Newcastle uh, miss out on qualification with one win from seven. In the South... Uh, Leicester and London are both six and one at the top. So the winner of their uh, game, which doesn't have a date yet, it's supposed to. I'm assuming to it'll be like half past ten in the morning. It's yeah. a form of warehouse in Milton Keynes. Yeah, presumably. Um, uh, that's that's the last uh, last one. It could it could even be barking against Charmwood, couldn't it? Um, the uh, uh, the in um, Bristol are currently in third with three wins and four defeats. Surrey are currently in fourth with two wins and four defeats, and Plymouth uh, have missed out their 0-7. The two games um, that remain uh, are when, that are on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Plymouth plays Surrey. That game doesn't actually matter. Uh, yeah. And then Saturday, Surrey play Bristol, and the winner of that game will finish third, and the loser will finish fourth irrespective of what happens in the Plymouth Surrey game. Oh that's that's interesting because I you would have expected oh sorry could sneak up in the third but then yeah, you're still playing um yeah so so basically you've got Leicester or London against Cheshire or, or Sheffield. Sheffield. We don't know which way around the, the South teams are um mm. you've got um Manchester will play either Surrey or Bristol and yes, Glasgow will play the will play the other. Well, if I, I mean, I'm, I'm entirely cynical about this, but I think I prefer to play at Manchester than Glasgow because Glasgow is a long way away. <laughs> it is from Bristol. <laughs> it is a long, long way away. So if you've got the accountant making the decision, yeah, yeah, yeah. they thought the cost of the buses to get the team at the other end of the country, yeah. um, or alternatively, the, the one pound megabus, I think that was looked at once in yeah. a not so distant past. Um, then, then I think both teams will be fighting for the opportunity to finish second, which will make very interesting. Finish third, sorry, which will make an interesting game. Um, all right, it'll be interesting, um, but it won't be that interesting. Let's be honest. It's still two teams, you know, fighting over the 
a pin on the, you know, pinhead on a coin, really. It doesn't really matter, does it? Let's be honest. And of course, the so league play. Watched, to be honest, if anybody, having said that, if anybody has listened all the way through to this, it probably yeah, does yeah. matter to them. It probably does. Uh, yeah. Given that I probably talked all the way through all this, it probably does matter. Yeah. So, you know, one's being slightly disingenuous. Apologies. And uh, league play gets underway uh, next week in the British Basketball League. Don't forget to check out Sky it's Sports. Though, isn't it? We still can't finish the bloody cup before the league starts. Yeah. No, no, that was all. You know, you know, I like the, the neatness. The well, we don't know good. actually because if if somehow Leicester and London played uh, on well, Thursday, <laughs> so we playing Bristol Friday, Wednesday. Oh no, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday so yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're all going to be, you know, we'll have this meaningless little league yeah, game where yeah, we're all yeah. between Leicester and Newcastle, yeah, but we're yeah. all hanging on the result of the story <laughs> of Bristol. So See who has to pay to go to Glasgow. Yeah, you know, these go. are the things that keep the wheels of basketball in this country turning. Well, by yeah. this time next Sunday, we will know the answer to that question. So uh, there, if, the, if ever there was a tease for next week's Sunday night breakdown, that is it. But um, Can I just absolutely confirm... There will be there will be no prospect of points difference making any difference to any of these group positions. <laughs> that is true. No, that uh, well, as, is that yeah, yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I, I'm anyway. on your side actually, there but I just thought I'd point it out for the benefit of all the coaches. For the benefit of Niall, who get fed up with us slagging <laughs> yeah, them off yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. We have to hold our yeah. hands up when when it becomes trivial. It is. <laughs> I think we've become trivial, so <laughs> let's call it a night. A long time, uh, long time ago. We'll be back next Sunday night, but until then, have a great week. Goodbye. Goodbye.